Welcome to the No Lasting City podcast. I'm Scott Corian, your host. This episode is a recording of material on friendship from the book of Proverbs that I've presented in a couple of different venues over the years and have generally gotten good feedback on. Most recently, I presented this talk as part of Sojourn's fall webinar series, which is designed to bring God's wisdom in the Bible to bear on a topic that seems to be particularly important in our current cultural moment. And as I share in the talk, loneliness and the need for friendship is certainly one of those. And as a shameless plug here, the next webinar in our webinar series is actually next week, Thursday, November 3rd at 12 p.m. on the topic of healing from the pain of regret, putting the past in its place. If you're interested in listening to that, I'll put a link to register uh, for that in the episode notes. Thanks for listening. And now on to the episode. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this talk on cultivating friendship in an age of isolation and loneliness. We're going to jump right in, and I want to talk first of all about the problem of loneliness, then the importance of friendship, and then a couple of practical ways that we can cultivate deeper friendships in our life. So let's talk about the problem of loneliness. You know, this is an important topic in our current cultural moment. It's definitely true that we live in an increasingly isolated and lonely time. Back in 2017, our then Attorney General described America as being in a, quote, epidemic of loneliness, end quote. And of course, using that word epidemic now, post-COVID, shows just how serious a problem our Attorney General felt this was for our country. And among other things that he said at that time, He said that even though we live in the most technologically connected age, yet rates of loneliness have only been increasing and in fact have doubled since the 1980s. And of course, loneliness doesn't stay all by itself. Uh, Loneliness leads to problems with depression, anxiety, and other mental health, emotional health type issues. And of course, I'll just point out here, this was before COVID-19 even happened. And in light of all of the isolation and lockdowns of the past couple of years, we have to ask ourselves, how much more is this a problem? And indeed, there are many studies that are showing that it is a more serious problem than even it was five years ago. Just a couple of other quick statistics that I I came across, mainly relating to men, but certainly not limited to that. Between 1990 and 2021, the percentage of men who reported having no close friends quintupled from 3% to 15%. And maybe you've seen the SNL skit Man Park. I I don't know. It's it's actually pretty funny. I'll I'll link it in the show notes. But even Saturday Night Live is picking up on this theme and somewhat making fun of it, although there's a lot of truth to it, where these women take their, their men to a park kind of like dogs so that they can actually form friendships because they can't do it any other way. Uh, so th- there's a there's a real problem with loneliness. And I want to say as we get into this, just being around other people or having acquaintances and even companions in our activities doesn't solve the problem of loneliness. 
uh, you know, Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, which we're going to talk about here in, in a little bit, makes, I think, a very helpful distinction between having companions and acquaintances and friends. Companions and acquaintances are not the same things as friends. And I, I do think this is important for understanding why loneliness persists even though we're living at a time that we are so connected to other people. And that's true. Most of us have at least some general connection with a variety of other people. Uh, Certainly online through Facebook and other social media networks, we've all got lots of friends, right? People that know us and we know and have a general interest in our life. And we also have acquaintances and even companions through work, through hobbies we might have. For me, I, I play tennis, so I've met a lot of guys in particular through there that I'm friendly with and we, we talk about. But And these things are good. It's good to have acquaintances and companions, but it's not the same thing as friends. And so if all we have in our life are just companions and acquaintances, it doesn't solve the problem of loneliness. We need deeper friendships. And, you know, as a pastor, I'll say I I do see this problem in the church because in the church, most people, including myself, we have a community of people around us, and that's a good thing. Uh, the community, people care for us. They pray for us. They they have our back in the ups and downs of life. That's a wonderful thing. And yet, it's also true that loneliness is a problem in the church. Uh, I've read from a guy named Gary Yeagle, who's done a lot of work, particularly, again, with men in the church. But he's written that 19 out of 20 Christian men have no best friend, no significant male friendship in their life. And I'll tell you just anecdotally, I've just talked to a lot of people who are very lonely and they're part of the church. And, and, and I'll just share personally that I also have struggled with loneliness uh, throughout my life. And I've been part of the church for almost all of my life. So just because you're surrounded by people and even have people that love and care for you does not it, it it doesn't necessarily solve the problem. We we need to take our acquaintances and friends and, and move them to deeper level of friendship. And I'll talk about that in, in just a minute. So that's the problem of loneliness. But now let's talk briefly about the importance of friendship. It's interesting that over the last few decades, there have been more studies done that have pointed to the importance of friendship as needed for having a full life. There's an article that I read recently called What People in Their 90s Regret the Most, and it's based on interviews with people at the end of their life. And not surprisingly, the things that people are expressing regret about are are not necessarily having to do with their work or their career or or seeking to to get more uh, uh, wealth. It has much more to do with not investing more in the significant relationships in their life. So uh, there's that. Uh, Other studies uh, are continuing to come out about probing the question, what makes us truly happy? We all want to be happy, and so it's not surprising people study these things. I remember watching a Netflix documentary years ago on this question. I think it was just called Happiness. And the documentary goes and exposes what I suppose isn't isn't shocking, shouldn't be surprising to us, uh, namely that the the things that we typically think will make us the most happy in life don't, right? Money, that's number one on everyone's list. 
after a certain level of wealth, money does not increase your, your happiness to any substantial degree. You can be very rich and very miserable. But other things like status and image uh, or, or even career accomplishment, these things we think if we had them, we'd just be happy. They don't actually make us happy. So what does? Well, as the documentary shows us, one of, again, a significant contributing factor is do we have significant relationships in our life? And there's even now more evidence that friendship brings physical health benefits. It doesn't just help with our emotional well-being, but having friends will actually keep you healthier and even living longer. Now, as a Christian pastor, I have to say that I'm not surprised by this data that's been coming out because it really does reflect what the Bible has been saying for about 2,500 years and particularly the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is a book that's in the Bible that's written to give us wisdom on how to live life well, how to how to flourish in our life. And among many other topics, Proverbs specifically addresses the importance of friendship and having good friends for a life well lived. Uh, Proverbs says things that uh, like uh, uh, Proverbs 18.24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So friendships help sustain us in time of difficulty. Uh, Proverbs 13.20 says, those who walk with the wise become wise, but the companions of fools will suffer harm. And so good friendships helps us walk down the, the right path of life. And there's other Proverbs that talk about how uh, friends can draw us out. Proverbs 14, that the heart knows its own bitterness, but and no stranger shares its joy. So, so good friendships draw us out of ourselves in a way that other relationships do not. Uh, friends are also important for encouraging us. Proverbs 15, to uh, a word in season, how good it is, the proverb says. And certainly that's an important function of our, our friendships to bring us that encouragement that we all need. And so according to Proverbs, a, a life without friendship is ultimately an impoverished life. Good friends bring joy, wisdom, support into our lives that we all need. And, and so again, the, the secular data, the, all of this research now that's coming out about how important friends are, it's not a surprise. It's, it's a reflection of what the Proverbs have been teaching and ultimately a reflection of what the Bible teaches about how we were created. The book of Genesis says that people were created in the image of God. And among many other things, one of the things that means is that people we're made for relationships. We are made to be in relationship with God and with others. And if we don't have significant relationships in our life, then we're living life contrary to the way we were created. The solo life is a life against the grain of our nature. And so it's not a surprise that loneliness is causing so many problems. We weren't created to be lonely. So that's the importance of friendship. And now let's talk about the practice, the practice of friendship. And we'll finish here with, uh, I want to share four practical ways from the book of Proverbs that we can create new friendships and deepen the friendships that we already have. Now, number one, we need to make room for our friends. So the first step in deepening friendships is just to actually make space in our life, time and space in order to 
allow friendships to flourish. You know, one of the things that I, I think is just true is that fr- friendships typically don't just happen. Uh, certainly not as you get older. It's easier certainly when you're in school, high school, college, and you're surrounded by peers all of the time. But once you get beyond that and the busyness of light sets in, uh, friendships typically don't just fall into your lap. Uh, uh, you, you have to be intentional to seek them out, to create space for those shared time and experiences that are needed to form the bonds of friendship, it, right? It, it, it will take energy. It may take a certain amount of sacrifice for us. We have to be willing to make room for friendship if we're going to have it. And honestly, when I hear statistics like the one I shared earlier, that 19 out of 20 men have no best friend, it's not really a surprise to me. I can believe it very easily. We're we're so busy and hectic. We're so focused on family and career, and those are good things, of course. But but friendships almost are treated like a luxury. We've got so many other polls that friendships. It's more like, well, it's nice if I could have it, but I don't really need it. And if that's our attitude, the the chances are we won't have a lot of deep friendships. And it's true, I think, C.S. Lewis, in his classic work on the four loves, has a chapter on friendship, and he talks about how in modern society, all of the emphasis is on romantic love and on marriage and family. And friendship has become viewed as something of a luxury that might be nice to have, but not necessary for the good life. And I think part of the challenge of the book of Proverbs is to say that's not true. We, We need friendships in our life to really live life well, to really flourish, So do we have room in our life for those? Have we made room? And if not, that's the first step. So make room for our friends. Uh, The second uh, practical way we can deepen friendships is we need to be open with our friends. We need to be open, right? True friendship involves a certain amount of self-revelation. We have to show ourselves to other people. We have to give them something uh, about us. There's an author named Brene Brown who's done a lot of writing and speaking in the last couple of years, gotten very popular. You may have heard that name, even read some of her work. And part of the reason she's she's gotten popular, she she's talking constantly about the importance of vulnerability, the, the importance of actually showing yourself. Uh, she says things like, in order to have a true connection with others, you must allow yourself to be seen. And I think that's right. And, and Proverbs hits on this in a couple of different ways. Uh, you know, we, we talked about uh, Proverbs 14.10 earlier, the heart knows its own bitterness. No stranger shares its joy. Right? It's reflecting on the fact that inside of us, we, we carry a lot of emotions. We carry bitterness. We carry anger. We carry hurt and pain. We also carry joy. And a good friend is a place where we can we can bring that out. We can show that so that we might actually have the encouragement and healing that, that comes with being known. Uh, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, uh, another well-known proverb, iron sharpen iron. And so one man sharpens another. And the idea here is good friendships, good relationships have a strengthening effect on each other. They sharpen each other. But of course, in order for that to happen, it it presupposes that we're actually willing to share with these others some of the areas we need sharpening in. We need to be willing to talk about some of the places where we're dull, where we have hurts or shame or or pain or, or struggles. 
so that we can be sharpened. So all that to say, friendship does require a certain level of self-revelation, transparency, and vulnerability. And I, I do think this is one of the ways we move a relationship from just being a companion or an acquaintance to a much more significant friend. It's our willingness to reveal ourselves to them. And so we should ask the question, do we have friendships in which we're able to do this, in which we're willing to do this? Or do we hide and edit ourselves, or at least the parts of ourselves that we really don't want anyone else to see? I read somewhere a few years ago that somewhere around 70% of all photos that are put on social media have been edited in some way. And of course, that's that's probably not shocking, right? But why do we do that? Well, it's because we we want to only show to others what we want to be seen, that that, that best side of ourselves, the sanitized version of ourselves. That's what we put out there. But if we do this in the context of all of our relationships, we only show that sanitized version, I think we're going to be perpetually lonely. And we're going to walk around, even though we might have many other people in our life, many companions, we're going to think to ourselves, you know, nobody knows me. Nobody knows what I'm going through. And that would be right because we haven't actually revealed that. And so we'll feel very lonely. And so we need to show ourselves to our friends. That's that's the first step. And that's that's an important. We need to be open. But another another way that we move to deeper friendship is we have to be present. So we need to prioritize or make room. We need to be open. We also need to be present with our friends. True friendship, according to the Proverbs, in, involves having a staying presence in somebody's life. There, there's a proverb, Proverbs 19.4, which says this, Wealth brings many new friends, but a poor man is deserted by his friend. Now, that's an interesting proverb, and what's the point of that? Well, the proverb's reflecting on the reality that there will be many people in your life who are what we might call fair-weather friends. They're there in your life because you bring a benefit to them, because it is convenient for them to be friends with you. You have something that they want or need. And if you don't believe me, of course, the Proverbs reflecting on the most obvious example, what happens when someone wins the lottery? Well, among other things, they get a lot of new friends, don't they? If you were to win the lottery tomorrow, I guarantee you, all of a sudden, uh, some of those old friends that have fallen away you haven't heard from from years, all of a sudden you get some, uh, a social media message, hey, just thinking about you today. Hey, how would you like to get together? You might get a few more dinner invites on your calendar. Uh, I mean, this is, this is the way the world works. But Proverbs says true friendship is deeper than this because those same friends who are there for you when the wealth is there, when it's convenient, they're not going to be there for you when it's hard. And a true friend is there has a, at all times. A true friend has a staying presence. Proverbs seventeen seventeen: a friend loves at all times, at all times, not just when it's good, but when it's hard. A brother is born for adversity. So the point is a friend is there uh, in your low moments, not just in your high moments. He, he's there when it's a burden to him to be your friend. You know, in seminary, I was, uh, they used to tell us that there's a difference between being someone's pastor and being someone's preacher. And the point was anyone can be a preacher. Anyone can go in there and give a message on Sunday, but to be a pastor to someone, you got to earn that right. You got to earn the pastor. And, and, and largely how you earn it is by being there and particularly being there 
in the hard times of life, being there through real adversity, being there for the funeral, those kinds of things. And I, I found that have found that to be, be true. And in some ways, the Proverbs are saying that friendship has a similar way of working, right? Yes, it's great to to celebrate with people and we do form bonds with, but often friendship is forged in adversity and being there and being with each other through very difficult times. So we need to be present. And then finally, we need to be honest with our friendship. True friendships involves a willingness to be honest, or as the Proverbs put it, true friendship involves a willingness to wound somebody. Proverbs 27, 6, you may have heard this, faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Now, what's the point of that? And the point I think we understand is that our life, your life and my life will be filled with people who do not care enough about you to tell you the truth about yourself. There are plenty of people out there who will be yes men, who will tell you what you want to hear. And the point of the Proverbs is true friends will be willing to speak truth into your life. They're, they're, they're actually willing to be honest with you and tell you what they really think, even when they know you may not want to hear it. True friends are willing to say something that might make us uncomfortable. They might, they're willing to risk offending us. Now, of course, I, I should say here, that's not all a friend does. A, a, a friend brings so much encouragement and all of these other things, but a true friend is willing to give us that word of critique, that word of challenge. And of course, implied in that proverb is that all of us need that. We, we need people in our life who can critique us and, and wound us appropriately because we all have blind spots. All of us, I, I think if we're being honest, we'll admit it, we, we all look at ourselves through very rose-colored glasses. We tend to think very highly of ourselves, and we often easily see faults in others that we just do not see in ourselves. And according to the Proverbs, we need friends who are willing to wound us, who are willing to point that out. Otherwise, we just won't have an accurate view of ourselves, and we will not grow in our character. We will not grow as people. And I have to say, in my opinion, and I guess my life experience, this is one area that I do think keeps us from forming really deep friendships with other people. We're just not willing to be honest, and it's very hard for us to receive an honest word from somebody else. And, and it, it, it's not easy. You know, the proverb says that it is a wound, and a wound is painful. It's hard to receive and give wounds. I remember a couple of years ago at my previous church, after Sunday service, one of our, another leader in the church pulled me aside and, and basically said, hey, Scott, I, I, know as a, I know you're trying to talk to everybody, uh, as many people as you can after service, and that's good. You know, I want you to get around and talk to people. However, I don't, the, the way you're coming across to people is that you're, you're very distracted with them. It seems like you're always looking for the next conversation that you need to get to instead of actually being fully present with the people you're talking to. And I, I just want to share that with you and, and, and just challenge you to really just don't worry about getting around everybody. Just be fully present with who you're with. And I, if I'm being honest with you, I did not like hearing that. That, that was a wound to me. It, 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 um, you know, I, I got defensive immediately and, and wanted to, right? Uh, deny it and defend myself. I didn't like it, but the reality was it was true. And I knew this guy cared for me, wanted me to succeed. It wasn't done in a, in a mean spirit, but, but it was a wound 
But after reflecting on it, I was glad he said it. Because without that, I would not have had the awareness of how I was coming across to people. And so this is, this is what the Proverbs are talking about. We have to be willing to give and receive wounds. Oscar Wilde, the English poet and playwright, once wrote that a true friend stabs you in the front, but the front stab will eventually leave the recipient grateful because it is done with a scalpel and not a dagger. It will be a word that heals, not a word that destroys. And that's, that's what the Proverbs is getting at. And I do believe if we can practice this in our friendships, the wounding will draw us closer to the other, not, not farther away. Another proverb says this, whoever rebukes a man, in other words, whoever's willing to actually give that wound, that honest feedback, whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters. So it actually draws us closer together. Deeper friendships are built on openness and honesty. And for us, we must value and, and seek those out in our life. Do we have friendships in our life where people have permission to, to speak into our life in an open and honest way? And are we willing to do that for those that we consider good friends? So there you have it. There are four practices from the Proverbs on, on cultivating and deepening friendships, certainly not exhaustive by any sense, but I do hope that these four have been helpful. I, I think uh, they, they are for me, even as I think about them again. But let me conclude just by saying this. Uh, the Bible teaches us, and I have to say, this is one of the most amazing truths of Christianity, that God can be our friend, that we can actually have a personal relationship with the God who created us through Jesus Christ. And the Bible teaches that ultimately it is friendship with God that we most need and that he will be there even if every other friend lets us down. Because that is a challenge of friendship. Uh, None of us are perfect people. We fail our friends. They will fail us as we go through our life. But if God is our friend, the Bible says he will always be there and he will never, ever, ever let us down. There's a scene in John's gospel, John 15, where Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And of course, as you may know, that is what Jesus would go on to do. He would go on to die on the cross, which at that time in the Roman world was a death reserved for slaves and criminals because it was just so awful and such a shameful way to die. And the Bible teaches us that this was not an accident, but that Jesus laid down his life willingly for us that we might be forgiven and enter into a relationship with God and then be able to live life in this world with the assurance that no matter what adversity or loneliness I may face in this life, that he will never leave us or forsake us. And that is part of the the gospel, the good news of Christianity. Well, that's all for today. Thank you for listening to this talk on friendship and loneliness, and I will see you again next time. 